This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. And welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing, the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. You just got to shift your focus from making piles of money to making streams of money, change that one thing just one time, and you are on your way to financial freedom. It's not the most exciting path, but it is the fastest. And once you get there, life then becomes exciting. And speaking of exciting, we've got the two winners of the uh, free tickets for the Epic Intensive. So really tough decision, a lot of great entries. Um, it was, and it was actually so tough to the point that I had to open it up amongst my, my team to help me choose. I had to gather a consensus. I just, I couldn't do it myself. I was like, looked at, at 10 of them. And I was like, they all should be winners. So, so the winners are, uh, first winner is Yvonne Pacheco from Orlando, Florida. There was something about her fear expressed in her in her entry her fear of the 2016 2017 economic crash that uh, that is predicted by uh, some other financial gurus out there it's stopped her from taking that next step and and you know whenever I see the word fear I think of a few things I think about everything that you've ever wanted in life that you don't currently have it's sitting right there on the other side of fear if, if you weren't afraid of it you'd have it so that's the first thing I think of. The second thing is I think about um, if, when fear is th- this particular fear. It's it's such a it's a fear of such an uncertainty, and, and we just can't live like that of stuff we just don't know about. I mean, it's life is just way too short. And there's a saying that worrying works, as ninety percent of what we worry about never comes about. So you can't just you can't put everything on pause, can't put things on hold of something that you think might happen or you're worried that's going to happen. So you got to get rid of that. You, life is just way too short. You got to go after it. And then uh, the third thing I'm thinking of, if if there is a pending and imminent economic crash ahead, Yvonne, I'm speaking to you and anybody else who have, who have heard something similar, there's no better place to be than in real estate if such a, a crash should occur. Um, you know, I think I've said this here several times before, but if you look at the fall of the Russian empire, the only people that survived were business owners and owners of real estate. So if, the, if something big and ominous is coming, if Armageddon is coming, then there's no better place to be than an owner of real estate. If you're going to do something, that's how you're going to survive. That's how you're going to pull through. It's business ownership and it's real estate. Alrighty, so Yvonne, those were the thoughts running through the office as as to why you should be at the Epic Intensive. So congratulations. Now, the second winner, uh, this was a tough decision as there were several entries very close to this one, but we couldn't quite put our finger on it, what, why this one stood out, but but there was something about this entry that spoke to the entire team. And and I, I had a tough time with this one as, as this person seems to be a Golden State Warriors fan, but uh, popular vote. It outweighed my Lakers bias. So the second winner is Damon. Damon, and I don't know how you pronounce this last name. It's N-G. Um, there's no vowels in there. So that's a little bit tough for me. And so I don't know how that's pronounced. But Damon, 
I guess. Damon, Damon NG. So congrats to you both. Uh, Melissa is going to be in contact with you to help you make your arrangements. And then so now what I'm going to do is because we had such a tough time in making this decision, I'm going to let you guys make a decision. I'm, I'm going to do this just for the podcast listeners. I'm going to give away one more free ticket and I'm going to let you pick the winner. And here's how that's going to work. You can go to facebook.com forward slash epic real estate investing. That's where the contest is being held or was held last week, but we can continue it for, for one more person. Go ahead and read through the entries and like the one that you think is most deserving. You'll see what my dilemma was. And uh, if you haven't entered yourself, then this would be a good time to do that. And if you want to enter yourself and like yourself, that's fine. And uh, and you want to start rallying for your likes and get your friends and family to come over and likes to help you get this free ticket. That I don't care how you do it. Uh, but uh, we'll go ahead and we'll pick uh, our winners um, or one more winner on by Friday night and or Friday at the end of the day of whoever, whichever entry has the most likes. Alrighty, so we picked our two winners here in the office and now you can pick a winner in case we missed something and it's very possibly that we did. Alrighty, so Mercedes this past week, she slipped me a note as she received a request from a listener of, of the show and that request was for me to share my biggest mistakes in real estate. That person is very concerned about what I have done wrong. And we've got a lot of things we've done wrong in the past. Um, so I'm going to share with you the, the three biggest mistakes from now over, I guess, more than a decade in the business and more than 1,000 deals under my belt. I stopped counting at 1,000, but that was like several years ago when I hit 1,000. So who knows where we are now? But a lot of experience, a lot of water under the bridge, um, a lot of mistakes. So we'll look back at the biggest mistakes. The ones that, that actually came first to mind were, were the ones that were tied to the biggest losses of money. And I think that that can be kind of be a, uh, agreed to that, you know, nobody wants to get into real estate to lose money. And so I'm gonna, I'll share that. And then I also was thinking about the biggest losses of time. There's been losses of relationships, um, plenty of other mistakes. I make them daily, not perfect by any means. Um, but we'll go over the three biggest and I'm going to, I'm going to start from smallest to biggest. So my biggest mistake, that's going to be number three, right? So let's start with number one. Number one, I would call poor delegation. You know, I've cost myself some serious money in this department, some serious time and some really good relationships with, with poor delegation. Um, when I was in the music business, I was very much a control freak and I wore every single hat in my business. And I can look back and see how that really cost me. And so when I started a new business in a new industry, a new venture, re- just recreated my whole life uh, inside of real estate, I was like, okay, I'm not going to make that same mistake. I wanted to bring that lesson that I learned in one industry and apply it over here into this new industry, this new business. And so that would be, yeah, poor delegation. Um, but I, I knew I needed to delegate. I can't be the the one person that does everything. I need to be able to delegate. I need to look at people that are smarter than me or better at me or, or more skilled at something than me and have them as a part of the team and do those things that they do best. And, you know, um, sometimes, and I know I was thinking about this, that these these mistakes that I'm going to share with you, these aren't the first time I've made them. I've made them, some of them multiple times. And, you know, sometimes it's just not so clear whether a mistake was a fluke or not. And in real estate, I think with so many variables at play, sometimes it's not so clear as to why a mistake was a mistake. So I know I have repeated some of these mistakes. And so this poor delegation, I've 
delegated poorly a few times. And, and that has just to do as much with the people that work here in my office as it does with my virtual assistant team. And uh, yeah, I, I should have known better. But And here's why. This is why I should know better. Is that every person on my team is required to take a wealth profile test. It's a personality test. Uh, but, but it's more of a, a personality test that has to do with you specifically as an entrepreneur and how you deal with money. And this profile test, it, it tells you exactly who you are around entrepreneurship and wealth creation. And it's spot on. It's yet to be even remotely off. It's been spot on with every person on my team that has taken it. I mean, it reveals your strengths. It reveals your weaknesses. And it informs you how to manage yourself and who you need on your team to make you a complete and successful entrepreneur and wealth builder. If you'd like to take the test, you can get it. You can at getmywealthprofile.com. Getmywealthprofile.com. Uh, anyway, I'm this test. It, it gives you like a title, and I'm what's called a creator. And one of my biggest weaknesses is that as soon as I create something, I move on to the next thing. I have to keep on creating. That's that's the inner fuel for me, and that comes into play in a with the delegating. So I, I give someone instruction and I give them a little bit of guidance. So I've created this thing there to give this project and I gave it to them. And then I move on to the next thing. And in this context of delegating, I then get upset, commonly unfairly upset, when the person stumbles or when they fail. You see, I, I've got this these unfair expectations of the person because I believe I've given them everything that they needed and then I never checked in to see if everything was cool, never provided any sort of constructive criticism or any sort of praise. And basically, their relationship would eventually implode. And now it was time for me to find a new person to delegate to. And this was really apparent with virtual assistants. You know, after I read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, I was all excited about hiring VAs and just outsourcing my entire life. And I didn't look at my virtual assistants as people. I looked at it as, wow, a cool little trick I learned in a book and look at this cool little technology. Through the computer, I can hire someone in some far off land to do this this task for a really low price. And that's how I viewed it. I didn't view them as people. And once I had that shift of starting to, um, and I have taken this wealth profile test, I've know, I know who I am and how I work. And I was like, oh, that makes total sense. So now I can move forward with this newly found information about myself, this new insight. And now when I delegate, I create a project and I go ahead and I check in. We have regular regularly scheduled meetings to make sure everything is going well. I started treating, uh, treating my virtual assistants like team members, like people, as if they were just right here in the office sitting next to me. And that's where everything really turned for me. But it took me a long time to really get that lesson. So um, then then to take that a step further, to fix this and take all this information forward, I, I've surrounded myself with a supporter. That's another um, designation inside of that wealth profile. And a mechanic, which is another designation. So that we've got um, me being a creator I need to support or I need to surround myself with a support with supporters and mechanics of which together makes the ideal management team, makes the ideal execution team. So what we do now is each Monday we meet, uh, we meet on Mondays and I reveal the vision for the week essentially. And 
the steps that we need and who's going to be responsible for what. And then it all gets carried out in that manner. So what I've done is I've matched up my strengths with theirs to make a really strong team or a really strong delegation system, if you will. So my, the, the lesson here for you is when you start building your team, whether it's an in-house or virtual team, provide constant support and training to your team. Provide constructive criticism and provide praise where, where they're appropriate. Because, you know, your team's success is going to equate to your success. So be just as invested in their success as you are your own because they go hand in hand and most of the time they just can't exist without the other. So definitely you've got to learn to be a really good delegator. And if you do it poorly, it can cost you money and cost you time and it can cost you relationships. All right. So that's number one. Mistake number one. Uh, mistake number two is uh, going wide with my business before going deep in the business. Trying to expand and get big before it was really time, before the business could support it. And again, that's that's the creator in me, per my wealth profile results. Uh, I've done this with the markets that I've operated in, and I've done this with the people of which I worked in in those markets with. And you know, the, the, the analogy that works for me here is, it's like the skill of laying bricks, being a mason. When you, when you start with that first brick, you have to lay it perfectly. You have to have just the, the right enough mortar on there. And, and as if, because if you've moved too fast in building your brick wall, how you lay that very first brick is going to affect your final result. And when that wall gets to a certain size or the bigger that it, uh, that it gets, the more difficult it gets to go back and correct the position of that very first brick. So you want to go deep with that first brick. You want to, you know, you want to make sure it's absolutely perfectly laid. Another way to, to look at it is like a car. You know, when you're assembling a car, if, if the engine was built with precision and it was tested and it was proven before adding the axle, before adding, you know, the drivetrain and adding the wheels, before even adding the body, then the, the car, regardless of how good it looks, if that engine wasn't built with precision and tested and proven, that car, regardless of how good it looks, it's not going to run very well. And to go fix it, now you got to take the car apart and you got to go back and go all the way to the beginning and fix that engine. And it's such a waste of time and it's expensive. So your, your business is much, uh, very much like a, a bunch of bricks or it's like a car and you've got to make sure each piece is working before before adding another piece. And when you start adding pieces before that you've confirmed that that first piece is in order, boy, you, you really are asking for trouble. And trouble found me in, in this sense, trying to get too big, too fast. So we have cut off so many different opportunities that we were pursuing and really focused on three core strengths of ours and are going deeply focused inside of our business with just those three and now we're really slowly monitoring our growth um it's not that we're, we're intentionally growing slow we're just making sure everything is in place before we take that next step so going wide before going deep that was a big mistake of ours in, in the business in the last decade uh mistake number three and so going from smallest to biggest i would say this one mistake number three it absolutely the biggest far and away the leader it was the first one that came to my mind, as I've said there. You know, there are really just two places where investors lose money. 
right? I mean, real estate investors. If you get these two areas down, though, it's really tough to lose money in real estate. I mean, if you get these two areas down and you get these two areas locked in, real estate becomes hands down the safest investment anyone could ever make. The safest. And also the highest rewarding. Like usually risk and reward go hand in hand. But if you get these two things, you can these two things down, you can have the best of both worlds. You can have the highest reward with the least amount of risk. And, and my biggest mistake here is, and, and you, you, you probably already know if you've been here more than a few episodes, it's hiring bad property management and contractors. And even the, even the contractors, as, as bad as they can be, and, and I guess if you have a fix and flip business, they're a little bit more of an issue. But I can, I can in my business of a buy and hold business, I can let that, that slide a little bit just because um, if they mess up, if the contractors mess up, typically it's just a one-time fee of cleaning up their mess. I might, even if I had to pay, do it all over again, it's kind of a one-time thing and, it, and it's done, typically, right? But property managers, oh my goodness, they can cause damage each and every month, year after year after year. I mean, if you're going to be a cash flow investor, if you ever want the benefits of passive income, if you ever want to escape the rat race, a large portion of your success is going to be in the hands of your property management team or your property management system. That's the whole, that's the name of the game. And here's what I mean. Here's two, like, this is, these are extreme examples. But it'll give you an idea of what I'm really talking about. Because of bad property management, I have lost more money in Cleveland than I've made. And we've done a ton of transactions in Cleveland. Cleveland has taken more money from me than I've ever taken out of Cleveland because of bad property management. Multiple property managers, not just one. I think we went through four property managers in in Cleveland. And because of them specifically, not even indirectly, I'm talking directly because of property management. I've... Uh, Cleveland has taken more money out of my pocket than it has ever put in or will ever put in. I don't even know if I'll ever go back there to try and, you know, get back what I feel is mine. But because of good property management, I've never lost a dime in Birmingham. In fact, Birmingham has been an absolute breeze. Birmingham, Alabama, because of good property management, because of being aligned with good people. Same types of houses, same types of tenants, same type of market. Just management is the only difference. And one has been an absolute disaster. The other has been an absolute joy. So here's the problem with property management. And it's it's something that you're just going to have to deal with. But here's the real issue that, that lies at the center of everyone having bad experiences with property management. And they're not all bad. Okay? They're not all bad. And I don't even think they all start bad. The ones that are bad, they didn't start that way. Because here's what happens. It's that their, their revenue incentives are not in alignment with an owner's revenue incentives. You know, property managers, they make the majority of their money when they're placing new tenants because they get a bonus when they place a new tenant and when they're repairing properties because that's, they, they mark up their work. They, they, get, uh, they mark up for labor. They mark up for parts. And the more often that they can do that, the more money that they make. So they make their money when, you, when they have to put in a new tenant and they make money when they're repairing property. So they make money when there's turnover. So every time a lease is up or even before a lease is up, uh, they, they get to go find a new tenant where they get a bonus. And now they probably have to rehab and repair that property to get it rent ready for the next tenant. And they get money that way as well. 
So that's how property managers make their money, the, mo- the majority of it. Owners make their money when their tenants stay and they make their money when nothing breaks in the property. That's when owners are making their money. So do you see how those two things conflict? So one, one person is making money and the other isn't in, in that relationship. Unless, you know, there's there's an operation of 300, 400, 500 properties for that property manager to to go ahead and take that 10%. But really, that 10%, you've got to have a lot of properties under management for that to really uh, support a business. And and also, property management, it's a rather thankless business. As the only real interaction with your customers, whether that's the tenants or the owners, your only interaction comes about when something is wrong, when someone's unhappy. And over time, that wears on a property manager. I mean, they're human, right? We're all human. And when your only interaction with people is when they're pissed off about something, that can really wear on you. And it can bring out the worst in people. I mean, those types of conditions and and that type of business model that can turn good intending people into desperate people, into resentful people, into entitled people. So moving forward, what's the solution? I mean, because there has to be a solution or the, you'll forever be in a rat race if you don't get this figured out. And so I've tried many things, many, many things. And I'll just promise you sticking your head in the sand, that ain't a solution. <laughs> Hoping it's going to go away, that's not a solution. Um, giving people the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again because y- you might like them personally, that ain't a solution. I've tried a lot of different things, and and I believe me, I tried all the easy ones first. So it, here's what we've done to stabilize our income portfolio. First, we check and double-check everything, every piece of correspondence, invoice, work order, whatever, every um, tenant application, everything that comes from our property management, we check and double check everything ourselves. It's not fun. I hate it. But, But we now, I mean, we've now micromanaged property managers right from the beginning until they prove they don't need to be micromanaged. We do not give them the benefit of the doubt from the beginning anymore. They got to prove to us that uh, they don't need to be micromanaged. And if they don't like it, so what? I've lost too much money to really care about your feelings right now. So let's go ahead and start this relationship off, micromanaging. And once things start going well, then I, I have no problem backing off. But no one gets the benefit of the doubt from us anymore when it comes to property management. It doesn't matter where they were referred from. doesn't matter how we found them doesn't matter how much I like them, doesn't matter what they say their history is or how great they are. I don't care what their BBB rating is or anything. No more benefit of the doubt, so that's first. Second, we always have at least two property managers to divide the portfolio up amongst, okay? Um, You've heard me say that before. You've got to eliminate all your single points of failure in your business, specifically when it comes to property management. If you're gonna start eliminating single points of failure in your business, start with the property manager. You need two of them, all right? If you only got one house, then okay, you don't need two. But I would know of a second one for sure, just in case you have to make a switch, all right? So I would go with two property managers. Even if you got two, three properties, you don't need to divide that up. But keep in mind, as you get up, uh, as your portfolio grows, and you start hitting the point where, just about that point, like, wow, what if this property manager, something were to happen to this property manager, what would that mean for me? 
And if your answer is like, ouch, that would really hurt. Okay, now it's time to start thinking about diversifying. If you're in a position to where, um, oh, well, I just go out and find another one, then maybe it's not so dire that you do find another one. But when you get to a point where that's going to be painful if something were to happen to that property manager, now it's time to start looking for a second one. Okay? So we always have uh, two property managers. And then third, even when things are going good, because things are going good for us right now, for the most part, in most of our markets, things are going good. Even when that's go- when everything's going good, our eyes and ears are always open looking to improve. We're always looking for new property management relationships. That's how devastating our history has been. I, I, I was talking to Mercedes the other day, just, just two or three days ago, actually, and I was like, Gosh, if we just had perfect property management from the time we started to the right now, we would have this would be a multi 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 million dollar empire, no doubt in my mind. So, having that history to where we are we're doing very well for ourselves, don't feel sorry for us. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, our and the portfolio is well, worth well over a million dollars, but looking back. I just like, I look at how much money was spent, how much, how many checks were written to fix problems, how much, just how much angst we've experienced just because we didn't realize how important property management was. It's everything. It's not even like 75% or 85%. I would say it's 99.9%. If you're going to be an income investor, a cash flow investor, property management, you need to investigate your property management in the exact same manner, maybe even more so than you're investing or investigating the property itself. Okay? So we've always always got our eyes and ears open knowing that we might need to improve. There is no resting and no one's job is safe. That sounds crazy, but your personal financial freedom is worth it. I'd rather manage property managers than be governed and managed by a boss for the rest of my life. That's, that's the trade-off. So I have one person here in my office and 75% of their daily responsibility is managing property managers. At least 75%. There's weeks where that's all that they do. And when I share this with people, the most common question I get is, because, boy, I can stand on my pulpit all day long and talk about this. That's how important it is. And the most common question I get is when I find myself on my podium is how do you find a good property manager then? And I'd have to say you work with a lot of bad ones. You work with a lot of bad ones first and you keep trading up. And the the recommendation that I could give you is you just don't want to start with the worst and work your way up. So start with a referral of an from an investor friend or an associate that you trust, someone that's got a, a, a portfolio, someone that's experiencing some passive income Try and get a referral from them. And then that can be your starting point. But then go from there with the mindset that you're looking to trade up at a moment's notice. You don't have to trade up at a moment's notice, but it should be your mindset that you're willing to do so. That's how important property management is. So those are my three biggest mistakes and how I've overcome them. That was poor delegation, then going wide before going deep, and then hiring bad property management. Those are the three biggest mistakes that I've got that I can just chalk up all of my um, uncomfortable situations in real estate. I can chalk them all up to those three things probably. And so much of my challenges of the past though, they can be traced and tied directly to my wealth profile. And that's 
really just, it's been an invaluable tool for me understanding myself and for understanding my team. And again, if you'd like to take the test, go to getmywealthprofile.com. I think it's 97 bucks, but it's $97 that will return at least 100 times to you. At least 100 times return, return on that investment. Um, there's another cool thing. They, like, they give you all your strengths and your weaknesses and how you work with people, how you work with yourself. But then they also give you, I think mine had three different uh, biographies, like, like a two, three-page biography of successful uh, uber successful entrepreneurs that have your same profile. And one of mine was, um, what's his name? The, the Virgin guy, uh, Richard Branson. He's a creator like me. He's got the same profile as me. And I read through his story and all the moments uh, of his life that uh, where he was ex- experiencing the, the utmost adversity and the most stressful times of his life, you know, they, they came like a day before his biggest successes. Like there was a story of like uh, where he was struggling and struggling and struggling and, and went right down to the wire where he couldn't make payroll. And this is, was after he was a household name. This is like nobody had any idea what was going on behind the scenes. This is when Richard Branson was already super, super uber successful. And there was a day where he wasn't going to be able to make payroll for his company. And then the next day... He did like a, a $600 million deal. And he's had like six or seven of those exact instances or very similar scenarios in his progression. And I just look at mine like, oh my gosh, I've, I don't know how many times I've experienced that myself. And it was really um, inspiring, very comforting, uh, eliminated a lot of worry and stress out of what I go through and, and what I've gone through and what I'll probably continue to go through just because this is me and wherever I go, there I am. And, you know, I've got my strengths and weaknesses that come right along with me. But it was very comforting to go ahead and identify with someone super successful that's just like you. So I would recommend it. Getmywealthprofile.com. Alrighty, so uh, go to also the uh, fa- facebook.com forward slash epic real estate investing. That's our Facebook page. Epic Real Estate Investing, get the investing in there. And go there to enter for one last time for a free ticket to the Epic Intensive. Enter if, if you haven't entered and or like your favorite entries. And the entry with the most likes by the close of business on Friday is going to win a free ticket to the Epic Intensive. And that's on September 22nd, 23rd, right here in uh, Redondo Beach, California. Alrighty, so until next week, to your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. You've been listening to Epic Real Estate Investing, the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the BS in real estate investing education. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to visit iTunes and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time here at Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.